Hey out there, all you crazy kids. This is Patrick Cox. You know, Justin the Ogre from the Orville. Duh. And you are listening to the Planetary Union Network Podcast, the premier podcast for fans of the fantastic science fiction series, The Orville. This is Geek Punk. A Google Media Production. Hello there. Welcome to Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. I'm one of three co-hosts, Dan Taylor, and with me, as usual, Joe Quickle. Joe, how you doing? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. Um, got a lot of people to introduce, so I'm going to keep rolling. Michael May, how you out there in Minnesota? Doing great. Super. And we've got four, count them. Four guests tonight, um, all the way from building three ton on the Fox lot. We've got Tom Castantino, uh, associate producer and editor. Tom, how are you? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Scott Powell, you're an editor as well, correct? Yes, sir. And we got Bart Rackmill. I got it right. Assistant <laughs> editor. Thanks for having us, guys. And Hillary Wills. Hillary, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. Um, so, uh, let me first off thank you for, uh, breaking away from your avids to join us tonight. <laughs> well, we didn't break too far. Like three feet. <laughs> three feet <from> me. <laughs> um, so let's just get into it. How hectic have the last two weeks been there on the lot? Oh, I'm getting anointed. Uh, you know, it's been a little hectic, but um, nothing too crazy. Uh, you know, I think everybody was sort of happy to see each other. Um, you know, a lot of people came back. I'd say about 75%, right, mm-hmm. of the crew came back. Probably of the 25%, 15% couldn't came back So we had because of other obligations. So it's sort of like family. So, you know, it, uh, I, I, it was pretty smooth. Uh, and it was uh, a lot of fun. It was just sort of like everybody was just excited to get going. Yeah, we're a pretty tight group, and uh, it's like uh, another semester at college. We're all happy to see each other. It's, it's cool. Yeah, we're sophomores now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get in those uh, credits. Yeah, How... we're in summer school. Yeah, we're always <laughs> in summer school. In fact, we are much very similar to the... Uh, Movie the summer school with chainsaw. I don't, I'm pulling oh my a God, wow. from way out, of, from way out of there. Mark Carmen, <laughs> Kirstie Alley. Um, yeah. Um, so how, as fans, we're getting little bit of tidbits of what's going on from, um, mostly the cast and a couple of members of the crew showing us little tidbits of back of uh, photos being taken, some video. How come the hammer hasn't come down on you guys yet? Well, it actually, strangely, that you say that, it actually, it actually just came down. <laughs> <laughs> um, not any, it was a very gentle hammer. 
um, you know, obviously it, what is shown is that everybody sort of loves the show and, you know, but we forgot in season one where nobody cared about us, where we were, we couldn't get arrested. And now, you know, there's at least a couple of people checking our feed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's just, it's just a, it's just sort of a different mindset that like, oh, we exist. Um, you know, I remember before, I mean, we went months. I mean, I've been here since January. Scotty and the rest of the gang have been here since February. You know, not that much far behind me. So, you know, it was a long time where it was like, is this thing gonna, what is this thing? Is this gonna be, what is it? So, now we have to be careful. <laughs> now, you, obviously you guys can't, reveal anything sensitive to us and we completely understand that but how are the dailies looking fantastic really good we uh most of the dailies are you know we, we shoot on stage what do you think 75 percent of the time yeah, so we're doing some cool locations now uh malibu up in the hills and the beach uh representing another planet and, uh, you know, it's, uh, we've got a new lead director, John Kassar, and he's a very cinematic director, and he's, uh, you know, he, I, I think, uh, things are gonna change for the better. Well, Scotty worked with him, you're bearing the lead. Scotty worked with him on 24. I've right? been working with him for about 16 years, yeah. We're... Yeah, I had the pleasure yeah. of meeting, I had the pleasure of meeting John a couple of weeks ago when I snuck up on the lot. And looking forward to having him on the podcast as well. Yeah, I, you were invited. <laughs> <laughs> right, like Clarence's security wasn't trying to like kick you out. It wasn't anything that crazy. Yeah, it sounds so much better and more clandestine about, you know, sneaking on the lot. All right. All right. We'll go back to that cover story. It's fine. But no, I was invited. Thanks to you, Tom. And it's much appreciated. Now, let's see. There's got to be. You got to be able to do some sort of vague posting here. Something, give us something about what you've seen and that so far in filming of the. Uh, are you guys working on episode two of the season already? Yes, yes. And one currently. Episode, episode one and two. Right now. There's got to be something like, oh, there'll be a really neat alien that looks like. This are we get to see? <laughs> Thanks, Daily. Look, here's the thing that I will say, and I said it to you when you were here, is that you know the there's a lot of callbacks to season one. Um, you know, there's a lot of world building going on, and there's people that you've seen before that you will probably see again, both in front of and behind the camera. I would say. And, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of it is organic storytelling and humor. And I really do think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, we were surprised when we read. I mean, you know, we've only gotten so far in the scripts ourselves, but, you know, the, the, the five-year-old fanboy in me is, uh, having a good old time. Yeah. And there are some you- new pretty outrageous creatures and characters that, that we'll see. A couple that yeah. I've seen already. And uh, one, a new cast member that we're pretty excited about. We're not going to say anything about that, but uh, he'll be recognizable when you 
through his voice and see his mannerisms, but not until then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going, yeah. I'm going to prod a little bit more. Is it going to be a reoccurring character or just a one-time appearance? He's in he's in a couple of the scripts already, right? I think so. Yeah, so I would I'm hoping you know she she shows up pretty early in the season and uh, hopefully he'll will be around. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, you know, I... some of it's still in flux, you know. I mean, considering as a network show, we got a lot of of it. it you know, we know where it's headed way more than other shows. Um, and considering it's done with one life force and a small group of, of very talented writers, you know, it's just sort of impressive that they churned all this out during the very tiny off-season. Yeah. I, every, just about every series I've ever worked on, and I've worked on a lot of them, you know, they're, they're getting the scripts out just in time to prep and shoot. Last season, it was a, probably a couple of months before they started shooting, I asked if I could see it a script or two, they sent me all of them. Yeah. They were all, all 13 were written already. At least versions. I mean, they were little yeah. things during the season. And, and they were all really good. So it's, uh, they're, they're on it. So it's that simple? I would like you to send me a script yeah. or two. I was about to say, can I get a script <laughs> or two? Uh. Man, you were here. It was, it was like one thing on my desk. <laughs> I, I will tell you a quick story. I, 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 we basically gave you unfettered access. I mean, obviously, we signed your life away. You right. know, I mean, I hate, I hate it. Like, I, dude, look, I love you guys. I'd love to tell you everything, but I don't want my next kid to be called Fox Present. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, there was one place when you went to go see Kassar. I realized there was something on the wall, and I shifted my body. <laughs> I was like, no, you know, let's not start this one. <laughs> but the, other than that, you had you had to run to the place. You could have snagged you could have snagged one and throw it in your 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 backpack. We would have known. You know what? I think I saw it. Yeah, I'm sure you, uh, probably. I'll leave I'll leave so, it at that. Um, yeah. I can't remember what it is, but I remember distinctly going, ooh, and. Um, Anyway, don't need to get anybody in trouble. What kind of, now I know Tom, I've talked to Tom, uh, plenty of times now, and I, and that's why I sent him, we sent him the uh, Planetary Union Network clock for his office. <laughs> right here. Oh, very nice. Now you gotta, you better, you better, now you gotta go find three more. <laughs> <laughs> I, from talking to Tom, I understand you guys are putting in a lot of hours. What's the typical day like for you guys there in Building 310? I have been uh, working as an editor for a lot of years. I, I generally work from 10.30 to 7.30. And in, unless someone, director, producer needs to work later. That's kind of what I do. So I, I don't really put in when Seth comes. When Seth comes, yeah, we're, uh, you know, he, he's more of a night owl. So, you know, we, we, we go into the night a little bit, but I, I haven't worked past midnight since I can remember. Yeah. It, you know, I got, I got, um, I get dragged in some other things. Um, occasional repair work. Scotty's smart enough to dodge those bullets in every can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I stay out of the, the drama out of politics. The, yeah, yeah, the drama politics sometimes find me, but, um, 
No, it's, uh, you know, so far this year, because, because we've changed the schedule to sort of accommodate getting Seth more time, we're hoping that I think towards the end it'll get very sticky, because the thing, I will say this, the scripts get more ambitious. I mean, they'll be fun to watch. They'll be a little hell to make. Um, you know, new species, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, eye candy and, uh, you know, just lots of layered storytelling. So I expect those episodes, as the schedule gets more crunchy, the hours are going to get crazier. I mean, in, in my case, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start, I'll bang out dailies in the morning, you know, I'll, I'll get some scenes together. You know, later in the day, I, I, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll do my own sound design if I need to design something that's like a new character, a new creature to at least get a baseline for the stage or for, you know, to give something set to work off of. And then, you know, later, you know, then as we get towards the end of the daily, then we start building the show and, you know, putting it together and getting an idea of what we're in for in terms of uh, how, how it's all flowing. Now, I've talked to, I, again, uh, Tom's the only one of the four of you that I've met and have had any, you know, interaction talk with in the past. And I know that he's, like myself, very much the geek, geeky, nerdy fanboy type. And I mean that as a compliment, of course. Fine. I'll take it either way. Howard, I want to hear from all, you know, each of you. Is the Orville, knowing that it's the kind of show that builds and develops a fan base and an audience similar to, you know, Star Trek or a Battlestar Galactica or a Doctor Who, is there something more for you guys being a part of that are you know if it's going to cost you your job you don't have to answer to this or is it just another paying gig and you know you're ready to move on you know once the show's done with I think that's hard Hillary's new but Hillary's got a good story uh, well I I went into the film industry because I was a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation growing up uh, my parents grew up I watched it with them I love Doctor Who. Um, so I watched uh, the pilot of Orville, and I watched the pilot of Star Trek Discovery back-to-back last year and set my sights on the Orville and just did everything that I could to meet Tom and become friends with him and to work my way onto the show. Um, and I will definitely say that working on something that you're a fan of makes it such a great experience. Um, cause the, the jobs that are just another job, you know, the hours start to wear on you and it, it gets, it gets more tiring, but this is something that, as Tom said, it wants, it's a labor of love and like that's, that's a great, a great feeling. I'll let the other two guys do a round robin and I'll tell a quick story about today with me and Hillary. <laughs> but you guys fill in. Yeah, I can, I concur with. Uh, Hillary's I mean, I, I love working on the show, and to me, it's not just another job. There's, I know if I wasn't working on the show, I would be a fan of the show, and the fact I get to work on it at the same time um, is, is special compared to other jobs I've had in the past. So, to me, it feels like a really handcrafted product in the end that uh, a lot of experience are involved with, and it, it, it's definitely a lot more exciting working on something you know you would enjoy watching um, that if you weren't working on it. So, um, it's rare. It's, it's pretty rare, and uh, I'm pretty excited to be back um, for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of sets. You know, I've always just loved his humor, his movies. I, I saw uh, The, the uh, Million Ways to Die in the West. I laughed my ass out. <laughs> that thing was hilarious. 
And uh, so I, I heard about this, uh, or a, a producer I've worked with, Brandon Braga, I think, put me up for it and brought me in for an interview. And people I admire as much as I admire Seth, usually I get nervous meeting him. And I was a little nervous going in, but as soon as I met him, the conversation flowed. He was so easy to be around. And uh, I ended up getting the job, so that was cool. But, but uh, he, he is a great guy to work for, and I'm even more of a fan of his, getting to know him and work with him. Yeah, you become a bigger fan of his when you get to know him. Yeah. I mean, because it becomes a multi-layered thing. Um, but at the quick, can I, you want me to, you want to move on or you can we tell you the quick story of me and Hillary? No. Go on it. We've got plenty of time. Here's, um, alright, here's a prime example of, of like, labor love. So this is not a, this is not a newsflash. Tomorrow after the Paley Fest, they're having an academy screening over here. There's going to be a small panel for academy members just showing off the guild. Um, so as part of it, you know, going to open up the stage, throw up some costumes, you know, uh, it's like the same thing they did for the CCAs. Um, because I guess when this is all over with, we're going to, Fox is going to open up an amusement park and they can just do one tours of the set, I guess, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so encompassing. But, you know, uh, a, gr- a good, uh, friend of mine, of all of ours asked me to just come over and just sort of like check everything out because, I'm, like everybody else, I'm sort of the resident, uh, you know, wiki nerd over here about the show. And I brought Hillary with me because she never saw the TCA thing. And I lost her four times because she was, like, wandering around the bridge just, like, staring at stuff. You know, just, like, being immersed in it because it's rare that you get the place lit up to yourself, you know. Because you can go in there and it's dark and it doesn't feel But when the, when the ship's lit up and it's quiet... It's like that old, uh, it's like the old CD-ROM thing. Remember when you could like go through the ship and do the Lacard thing for the, for the, for the Enterprise D? I do, yes. Alright, it's like the live action version of that. You know, where you're, we like fully VR. But, anyway, to make a long story short is, walk through the mess hall, I see the bleak black crate, I know what's in there, I don't tell her what it is. I have her unlatches with me, I open it up, and, and it pops open, and it's, uh, it's the horrible, you know, the four-footer. And I just watched her eyes light up and lose her breath and, you know, stared at it lovingly for a little bit. And then, you know, it's just like when you have those kind of experiences growing up and, you know, like I grew up on, you know, I, I have the, the 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 special effects book about ILM. Like to like have this stuff as part of your employment is just uh, you, your brain never fully processes it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's like mind blowing. Like every other day, like walking over the stage and like walking through the hall, it's like. I feel like I'm in space, and it's like a dream come true, but I'm getting paid to be here. Like, it's, it's, I'm not, I've only been here a week, and I'm not used to it yet. Yeah, they're paying us money to play with space toys. It's like, uh, someone's going to catch on soon and fire us all. I While you're working, and you'll hear just kind of a rumbling in the hall, like, oh, have you been by the set? And you know you have so much to do, but at the same time, you need to go check it out. So you kind of find yourself hearing these little rumors, oh, have you seen this set yet? And then next thing you know, you're, an hour's gone and you're, you know, watching this thing. Yeah. I get that. I understand. Because when I, again, I'm not, not to keep bragging to Joe and Mike, but on my visit to the set and there, to the lot. Uh-huh. There it is. Right. Uh, people are coming. <laughs> they're, just, they're, just, they're just further away, so you can brag. <laughs> um. No, because I had an opportunity to talk to, like, uh, Luke and Brandon over in Visual Effects and you know, Brian's office of toys. Yeah. 
and everybody was excited. And I, you know, yeah, don't worry, Tom. I remember my NDA. But oh, you're fine. Okay. The the little things that you know they were showing me on the digital, you know, displays and the effects of the ships and just the small details and about where they pulled it from and inspiration and you know the the way Brian just kept handing me you know prop after prop like he was a you know a proud papa handing over a kid um to show off well, it was i could i could sense the enthusiasm well Brian Brian look Brian like Brian loves like he you know he he effectively takes a pay cut and but he gets a lot of calls he just wants to be here but the rest of us we all want to be there, so that's, you know. Not <laughs> yeah, <a> we do. <laughs> no, that was good. No, you're not going to be fostered than Dan Taylor. You're good so far. <laughs> um, any other secrets or tidbits you want to reveal before we move on to a couple other things that might not be completely related to the show? Just about our experience here? Yeah, because uh, next I want next up we're going to talk do a little bit talking about the uh, tomorrow's Paley Fest event and uh, the Saturn Award nominations. Oh sure, um, I'm doing all the talking on this. We're editors. We don't got it done. An anecdote. Uh, going back to our previous conversation, I was working in my bay and, and Seth walks in the room in his full prosthetic makeup and uh, we just hung out and had a serious conversation while he's he's a krill yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it was really interesting and it, I mean that, that makeup looks so good standing right next to him it, it, it's amazing you know the, the, yeah. the prosthetics you know Howard Berger's work is just unbelievable you, you do so I, I felt like I was Hanging out with a, with a real, you know, real krill. Yeah. Real, real krill. <laughs> we were talking about some stuff and we were talking and, uh, you know, conducting business with me as a krill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you do get immersed and you do the same thing like Laura Dern and the, you know, The Last Jedi going, pew, pew. I mean, like, you just, you can't help yourself, you know. Um, I mean, like, you know, like, you know, good being by catering, like, you know, I'm staring at Peter Macon, I'm two feet away from him, and I'm just like, I'm staring at Bordas. Because yeah. it's just like, he's just so, it's, we, you know, we do a lot of practicals here. You know, we have to, we're, we're, we are a TV show, but we also, we, they invested in the infrastructure because like the next generation, life on a ship. So, it's a fully realized world. It's not, we're not sitting around a lot of, uh, you know, greens and blues with dots on it. All right, now, um, the Saturn Award nominations just came out, and the Orville got nominated for three awards, and one of them is Best Science Fiction TV Series. Yeah. Um, now, that's pretty neat. Uh, I think, I looking at the other uh, programs nominated in that category, I think you guys got a clear room next to the Little Ice Maker for the Saturn statue. <laughs> Nice, nice ice maker reference. I love it. <laughs> Did we use it? Nice. Um, yeah, the brand says the Brandon Memorial ice maker. Brandon and Tom. I'm like, that means, that means, that means we're dead, dude. You can't say memorial. <laughs> um, but, uh, I may, I don't know. Look, uh, I, I'm surprised. I'm like, we were talking about, 
Saturn Awards, me and Jason Clark, the EP, and, you know, just to be recognized on that. I mean, like, that, that's sort of crazy. And, you know, I feel like we're the scrappy, you know, non-Star Trek show in some ways. So to sort of, I know they got five and we got three, but just to be in that, in that race with such good company. You know, and I know well, they're on the net, they're on the streaming one, but just the fact that, like, we've been recognized after the, after the initial critical rubbing, <laughs> it feels really good. Well, um, now I don't know if you guys know this, and you guys could might better your odds, but for 25 bucks, you can join the, uh, the Academy there that uh, votes on the Saturn Awards and give you guys, give yourselves a vote. One more vote. We'll Anybody. <laughs> 25, 25, so 25 bucks, get, you become a member of the, of the, of the Academy there and uh, you're allowed to vote. Uh, vote. Well, that's, that's 150 votes right there. <laughs> we're not going to trick with it 150 times 25. Maybe we can get Brandon to pay for that or something. Working into the budget. <laughs> Alright. But you know well, CBS not, is giving yeah. Star Trek a budget for their votes, so. They gave them a budget for a lot of things. Not that, not that we're any kind of slouch, but it's a different, it's just a different metric economically, you know that. How, let's just talk about it in terms like this. We don't need to get into Jets versus Sharks. But, yeah. if you guys were to play a game of softball against the Discovery cast and crew. What kind of game would that be? Uh, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think uh, Jay Lee would, 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 would do really, you know, Jay Lee would, would kill it. Uh, uh, Jason Isaacs will also be a, a formidable opponent, but uh, probably mostly we'd just probably be hanging out and just Trading war stories, drinking beers would be the thing. I mean, look, we we all kidding aside. I don't have anything against Discovery. I mean, more Star Trek is good Star Trek in all its forms. Oh, so, you know, I I was thrilled. I mean, I haven't been able to watch it because I'm working too much. But you know, I'm going to binge it at some point, and you know, in a sit down. So I haven't seen it yet either, but I'm, I'm anxious to. I yeah. haven't gotten around to it yet. Part of me doesn't want to be influenced by it. Because I'll probably go, oh, they had that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that looks expensive. You know, like that kind of thing. So, uh, would you be telling me it's 17 and actually this would be an actual problem in my job? I never believed it. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the nerd world problems then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how, how'd you like that plug there, Michael? That was awesome. Yeah, okay. well done. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining us. If um, We look forward to talking to you again later, uh, maybe just before, get you all on again before the series premieres. Again, we're still looking at September or fall, right? Yeah, that's, that's the plan so far, as we know. I mean, that we're, we're, we're playing like that's what it is. No one has told us differently. That's not like top-secret information. You know, we are... Now look, the way this stuff works that anything can happen at the upfront, but I the plan is to have us be around the same time. So, you know, I mean, they gave us enough time. I mean, effectively they gave us the same time as last year 
Actually, more. Again, we basically have another month on either side to do all this. And it's already luxurious by network standards. So, so we have to thank Fox and, uh, every, the EPs and everybody, at least for allowing Post and VFX to get a shot at making these things good, you know? Well, super. Um, any last words before I cut you guys loose and we get onto the regular, uh, boring part of the podcast? Oh, no, no. We'll listen to the rest and, uh, I'm sure we'll see you all up here on your, on your, on your journey up for the set tour. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, looking forward to it. it. All right. All right. Thank you, Tom, Scott, Bart, and Hillary. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Alrighty. Bye. So, uh, again, thanks to Tom, Scott, Bart, and Hillary for um, breaking away from their avid editing machines to uh, talk with us, uh, give us a little insight into what's going on in those late hours. Uh, well, except for Scott, apparently. He's got <laughs> banker hours from 1030 to 730 or whatever. Um, but, no, Tom, every time I talk to him, it sounds like he's running ragged. But we appreciate all the hard work that everybody, cast and crew, put on to the Orville. So, again, thanks to the four of them for taking the time to talk to us and sharing a little background insight. Now, let's get back to the Saturn Awards that were just announced. Um, yeah. What do we got? What do we got, Joe? Uh, well, so, um, yeah, the Orville was nominated for three awards. First was the Best Science Fiction TV Series. Up against uh, the 100, Colony, Doctor Who, The Expanse, Salvation, and another Fox property, The X-Files. All right, gentlemen. Um, I saw, but I didn't see any of this last season of The Expanse. I've seen a couple episodes of the first season, so that doesn't count for me. Michael knows I'm not the biggest uh, Doctor Who fan. So I haven't seen any of that. Never saw the 100 a Colony, and I didn't catch the latest season of the X Files. So I'm I'm voting for the Orville. <laughs> I did actually out of all of these, um, I the only ones I watched were the Fox properties. <laughs> watched the Orville <laughs> and X Files. So Planetary Union Network presented by Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fox. Just Doctor Who and uh, Orville for me. So. Um, Michael, then Doctor Who, our ex, and those, and Joe, you saw the X Files. What kind of competition are we up against? It was a good season of Doctor Who, but it was no Orville. I mean, it was Doctor Who, in my opinion, has been struggling for a while, and uh, I think it rallied for this last season of Stephen Moffat's. But uh, I mean, the Orville, you know, just blew me away and blew everybody away. I don't, I don't, I don't see Doctor Who competing with it. And how about the X-Files, Joe? Okay, so I'll preface this by I'm a pretty big X-Files fan. Um, but that being said, I, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm still thinking the Orville's got it. Um, the X-Files, is, it, it's, for, it, it's basically right now fan service. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not anything that is breaking records right now, unfortunately, but... So, either way, Fox, I, th- I think Fox has it one way or the other. I, yeah, I think Dorval's chances are rather good, especially with Star Trek Discovery 
being a streaming show and under and under a different category. Uh, streaming being a different medium than say broadcast television, it's I think I think the Orville's got a strong strong chance of walking away with the, the Saturn Award um, for best television series or best science fiction series. Saturns have award for best thriller, best uh, fantasy, best animation, best cooking show with use of a <laughs> Star Trek prop. So, uh, you know, I I, I um, almost bought the pizza cutter once. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, other categories it was nominated for, Seth MacFarlane was nominated for best actor in a TV series. And he's up against John uh, Bernthal from The Punisher, Bruce Campbell from Ash vs. Evil Dead, Sam Hugan from Outlander, Jason Isaacs from Star Trek Discovery, Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead, Kyle McLaughlin from Twin Peaks The Return, and Ricky Whittle from American Gods. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about Seth's chances for walking away with the Saturn statuette that's some harsh competition man that's rough I, I mean i haven't seen a lot of those shows but just you know jason isaacs is one of my favorite actors period um like that that's really rough Kyle mclaughlin is rough um and, and john bernthal is, is pretty amazing too and, and you know everybody loves bruce campbell me too um i don't know if he's doing anything different enough to, to win him an, uh, a best actor award. But, uh, um, yeah, there's, that's, those are a lot of really great actors in that category. What about you, Joe? I kind of echo Michael's sentiments on those. Um, so for, like I've, I've got two, uh, I've got two spirit animals when it comes to, to actors. And one of them is Bruce Campbell. Um, the other is Bill Murray. Anyway, um, <laughs> But uh, I, you know, he, he's got a, he's got a good chance, but uh, it, it is a really tough category. I, I it's you know, a multi-sided coin flip for either one of these. Um, yeah, John Bernthal, he's you know he plays the brooding Punisher. Um, he's good and all in that kind of uh, you know in that role, but you know I, it's sort of like you know he's got that crutch of being that brooding type character, right? Yeah, I mean, if that was the only thing I ever saw him in, I, I would probably feel less confident about his chances. But, I mean, Bernthal's been in so many different kinds of things. He's, he's done comedy. Like, the first thing I ever saw him in was the sitcom, and he was really funny in it. Um, and, you know, he was in The Walking Dead, and, you know, he's just, he's just done a lot of really cool stuff. And Bruce Campbell plays Bruce Campbell. Yeah, Bruce Campbell. I think, I think that's Campbell. true. Yeah. Um, I think and I probably butchered his name, Sam Hugan Outlander. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I think you that actually sh- got that one right. Um, Outlander is such a pop culture driven show. I mean, none of us watch it, but I think, and the Saturns kind of go that way. So I think that might be, you know, the front runner in this category. Okay. So um, I actually watch it. <laughs> so, all right. Do you put your kilt on when you watch it? Sometimes. Yeah. Jason Isaacs is was awesome in Star Trek Discovery. I think he was the best part of Star Trek Discovery. So 
Um, if it was Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead a couple seasons ago, I'm all for it. When and when when he's playing Rick, the you know crazy Rick, he's awesome. When he's playing the, oh, we're fucked, Rick. He's not, you know, <laughs> he's not. I don't. I can't get behind him. Kyle McLaughlin. You know, I d- didn't watch. I didn't see the Twin Peaks of Return. I don't have Showtime, so I missed it. I'm still looking forward to seeing that down the road. And I haven't seen American Gods, so I don't know about Ricky Whittle. So, I think it's. I think it's probably. You know, Sam's or Seth's not listening to our podcast yet, so I think I can pretty much say it's going to go. Sa- Sam Hughes of Outlander is going to be my guess. Uh, so next is the best actress category uh, in a TV series, and Adrienne Palicki is nominated for that. And she is up against Gillian Anderson from The X-Files, uh, Katriona Balf from Outlander, Melissa Benoist from Supergirl, Lena Hetty. <laughs> that's the hardest one for me for some reason. Lena, Lena Hetty from Game of Thrones, Sonequa Martin-Green from Star Trek Discovery, Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story and Mary Elizabeth Winstead from Fargo. What what do you, what's your thoughts on that one, Mike? Well, um, Jillian Anderson is again. I mean, like like Jason Isaacs in the other category. She's just one of my favorites. Uh, I've seen her do a lot of different kinds of things besides Scully, and uh, she's just a really talented actress. I've not seen, um, you know, this most recent. Uh, X-Files season so um, in fact I don't think I've seen any of these things I mean I, I like a lot of these people Mary Elizabeth Winstead is awesome but I haven't seen that second season of Fargo yet so um, I yeah again I have not missed I have not viewed a lot of these though I think Sonequa Martin Green even though I wasn't a big fan of her character in Star Trek Discovery I think she probably did a good job playing that character for me not to be a fan of that character, if that makes any sense to you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, Because she's a troubled character, and and she comes across as unlikable for various reasons. And so, you know, I think she did a great job playing that character for that, you know, just for that. But... Again, yeah, there's. I think Gillian, Gillian Anderson might, you know, be a fan favorite just because it's X Files and it's been around forever. And then again, there's uh, that Outlander. It's uh, it's on every every other cover of Entertainment Weekly has Outlander, so I'm assuming a lot of people watch it. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people probably watch it for the lead actor. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think, Joe? Best actress. Um, okay, so having watched the latest season of X-Files, um, Gillian Anderson, though, again, I, I am a big X-Files fan. Her deliveries in a lot of ways was a little wooden compared to previous seasons of the X-Files. Um, and say, you know, Outlander, Outlander maybe because of the, the sheer number of fans of the show, but again, those fans aren't the ones that are voting. Uh, I have no opinion on Supergirl. I haven't watched any of it. I don't know. Uh, Game of Thrones, you know, it, it's it's a popular show. 
Um, I didn't get past the second episode of Discovery, so I, I can't confirm or deny anything you said about that, Dan. Uh, just go with me on that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> for Sarah Paulson with American Horror Story. Um, again, American Horror Story is also a very big property. Uh, so that's a you know, good chance there. Um, and I have not watched any of Fargo. So out of I, I, I do think that uh, that Adrian's got some got a good opportunity here. Yeah, I don't think I made a prediction. I, I, I think Palicki... I think give it a, another season or two, and I think she's probably even almost a shoe in. Like, she's does really great work in that first season, and I think that as the series progresses, and her character has even more to do, that she's just going to be stronger and stronger. Um, just based on, like I said, I haven't seen Fargo, but well, I've seen the first season, and I know how strong that was, and I know how strong an actress Mary Elizabeth Winston is. So if like I had to fill out my Oscar pool right now, I guess I'm sorry, my Saturn pool. Um, I would, I would tick her box there. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be great if they walk away with all three of the awards. I think best science fiction TV series is their best chance. And it'll be great if they walk away with that one. Um, and again, we, I mentioned that you can join the Academy of science fiction for $25 and you get to vote on it. So if you go to saturnawards.org Orville fans, let's uh, stuff the ballot. Yeah, if all 1300 and change of our followers on Twitter would join for 25 bucks, we could on the front page you'll see a click a membership link here and it'll tell you which uh, category you can join to and for what you get to vote for. So there you go. We're doing our part, you know. Go democracy through capitalism. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, I will be going to the Paley Fest, the Orville event. You will. And you'd already bought tickets. You ended up also being um, Los Angeles's largest Orville fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I won a passes, too. So I, I, I'm going to... I'm gonna, be sitting large in four different seats for this non bring win passes. Um, the Orville had a, a uh, tweet on, on their, the Orville Twitter account, obviously, saying, Hey, are you LA's biggest fan? Orville fan. Are, are you LA's biggest Orville fan? And I just simply replied, Yes, read my license plate and included a picture of my license plate that says Orville. Nice. Yeah, then the rest of Twitter basically helped. And then the rest of Twitter says, this guy's got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm looking forward. uh, I went to the first Paley um, event that they had. It wasn't as big as this one. It's kind of a smaller version. And this was right after the first episode had aired. And I got to see the second episode uh, like a week before uh, it aired on television. And the whole cast was there as well as... uh, David Goodman and Brandon Braga, and it was a great, you know, two-hour event uh, watching the episode, and then hearing the moderated panel. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're going to be showing any episodes tomorrow. They've got that one episode from the first season that never aired that they could probably show because I don't uh, think episodes one or, or two are ready. Huh. That would point. be. 
kind of cool, but I think I might rather have two hours of moderated panel, especially if, you know, people are asking questions. Like I could ask Scott, when are we getting our tattoos? Exactly. In three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And so I will, of course, be giving my full um, review. um, Because by the time that this podcast drops, the the event will have happened. So the next episode of Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast, I will be... uh, you know, sharing my views of what happened and, and what I saw and what I uh, really dug at the event. So we've got that. So put that in next next week's show notes, Joe. We've already got that ready. Fantastic. Talk about. Um, what else is happening uh, Planetary Union Network-wise? Uh, Ensign Hansen, people have been asking about. Is it coming back? Uh, Ensign Henson, um, if, for those of you who haven't heard, is our sort of radio uh, d- drama, dramedy, excuse me, radio dramedy production um, based on the Orville. And it, we will be doing more episodes. It's just our main actor, uh, the uh, star of Ensign Henson, Ensign Henson himself, Brandon Carr, is currently uh, preparing for a role in a short upcoming science fiction movie. And he's unavailable. So he's working on that. So hopefully come spring or early summer, we'll be rolling with new episodes. And uh, just to tide us all over while we wait until uh, season two of the Orville starts in fall or whenever it starts. That all make sense? Yeah. Uh, What's new over at the Orville Wiki, Joe? Well, what's new at the Orville Wiki is that uh, the Planetary Union Network uh, Wiki article dropped today. Uh, So we're officially part of the Orville Wiki. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make us canon, but it makes us... (laughs) I think it makes us canon. No, sure. uh, As Michael likes to use, canon of the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Canon of the mind, yeah. Head cannon. Head cannon, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's uh, fun. If you haven't checked out the Orville Wiki, it's a great source for uh, information about the characters, the episodes, the, you know, crew, the staff, the aliens, the technology, etc. And it's growing every day. A lot of people put in some hard work on that, and the articles keep expanding. So definitely do check out the Orville Wiki. You can start on the Planetary Union Network page and move on from there. Yeah, they've done a great job on that site. It it really is. It's It's got things that I, I went through and uh, today and uh, just kind of jotted around some articles and learned things that I didn't even know yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, now we've got a great following and there's a great community of Orville fans on Twitter. And one of them is, uh, St. Jerome and we have enlisted St. Jerome to aid us in our planter union network, Facebook page. So 
you'll see more news posts, more uh, vid bits, more vid bits. I, that's like a word I thought of. I'm sure it's been used before, but I came up with that today. So I'm using it as much as I can now. Oh, so um, I came up with the word. So you had to come up with the word. Yeah, well, I do like it. Uh, Michael, did you hear or see that Joe mentioned? He called it the pun cast. But that's like, okay. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's a nice word. Puncast. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, vid. I use uh, vid bits. And like my wife asked me, what do you want for dinner? Vid bits. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something from MTV back in the 80s. Vid bits. <laughs> well, I am an 80s child, so. Now I got to come up with a word. Uh, what was that one name you tried to pronounce? Tick in we'll the make, box. We'll make, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we, uh, if you haven't checked out the Planetary Union Network Facebook page, do that. We're uh, a growing source of news for the Orville. And speaking of the Facebook page, we had a giveaway for the uh, World of the Orville book. We had one on Twitter where we gave away three copies. We had a couple extra copies. So we're giving away two copies to our Facebook uh, followers and uh, people who like the Facebook page. And those two winners are Teresa Matthews and Paul Bernard. Announcing them here, I will let you guys know on your Facebook accounts that you won as well. So congratulations. Thanks for your support on Facebook and for supporting the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. Woohoo! Congratulations. What else we got, guys? So in the cheesiest way possible, I wrote this in the show notes, that uh, Union Point is going to be sending the pun crew on a top-secret mission. Well, we kind of let that out of the bag with their interview earlier. Yeah, well, we could have edited that out. We don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, things are getting really exciting for this podcast that you're listening to and um, our relationship with the actual show, the Orville. So you're going to want to stick around listeners. Yeah. We've got lots of things that we wish we could say and that I got close to saying a few minutes ago, (laughs) but (laughs) caught myself that we would love to be able to post and love to be able to show that we can't yet, hopefully soon, but yeah. There is a reason why we call ourselves the Orville Fan Podcast. Exactly. All right, guys, let's finish up and uh, fly this one back home. So you can follow us on Twitter at Planetary underscore Union, on Facebook, Planetary Union Network, and we're also gearing up Instagram, which you can also find us uh, Planetary Union Network there as well. Good night, gentlemen. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.
hold on there before you hit stop or click on to your next uh, Star Trek podcast that you may listen to. Uh, this is Dan, uh, who you just heard on the previously listened to the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to plug a personal project, if I could, when I'm not geeking out and uh, supporting and promoting the Orville fandom. I consider myself a writer, and I'm currently writing a novella called Pi, Private Eye, The Immortal Coil. And I have a current Kickstarter campaign that I am looking to produce a limited copy of hardback editions of this uh, story. So if you would please consider maybe uh, checking out the Kickstarter campaign, I would appreciate it. And you can find it at Kickstarter. Just search for Pi, that's P-I, Private Eye, The Immortal Coil. Or you can uh, go to PiPrivateEye.com. That's P-I-P-R-I-V-A-T-E-E-Y-E.com. And here's a little blurb about the book. Thank you. Pi, Private Eye, The Immortal Coil is sort of Ray Bradbury meets Raymond Chandler. A science fiction noir mystery. The Immortal Coil, Chapter 1. Whoever murdered, the uniform trailed off as he referred to the electrostatic steno pad he was holding in his left hand. He drummed on it with the magna pencil in his right, hoping to find the name. Kappa, he declared, looking back up from the pad. Whoever he was, he must have sure hated automatrons. Why a novella, not a novel? Well, I'm shooting for 31,415 words. Pi. Chapman slowly craned back to see what had caught the uniform's attention. Standing in the dispensary doorway was another bot, although this one in one piece. Chapman scowled, another automatron. The detective reluctantly spoke. Pi. Detective Chapman, I know you. He inclined his head. May I enter? Pi asked. His silken metallic voice grated on Chapman's ears. They all had that same tone. This is an official crime scene, Chapman barked. The forensic team hasn't shown up yet, so... Pi cut Chapman off. I assure you that I will not disturb or contaminate any evidence, Detective Chapman. The main purpose of this Kickstarter campaign is to produce 314 limited edition signed and numbered hardback editions of Pi Private Eye, The Immortal Coil. 314. Again, Pi. Everybody likes Pi. Pi remained silent as he crouched over Kappa's body. Not only the three dismembered limbs and the lower torso, but the chest plate had been punched through, exposing plastic tubing and rubber-coated wires slathered in thick hydraulic gravy. This was the substance that had unnerved Chapman. I hope you will back Pi Private Eye, the immortal coil. It's going to be a fun ride. Thank you. <laughs> 